You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joining God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. We're starting a new series um, coming into Eastertide, um, but it's this idea of, of being human, uh, renewing the brain, re- resurrecting the body, and restoring the soul. I've been thinking about um, my life and how um, I've seen phases of where um, my mind was renewed, my body was resurrected, and my soul was restored. But um, So I wanted to talk about those things, but I also wanted to, um, like, what if um, when Edward Monk painted this um, painting, um, what if he was like, okay, that's it. Like, like, we've done it. Like, this is the ultimate work of art. There's no need for anybody else to ever paint again. Um, you guys can just put down your brushes. Like, like it was very official. Like, to the art world, this is a decree. No more art. It's done. Like, we've done it. Like, this is it. Like, we don't need to do anymore. Right? Like, like what if that was the case? Like, what if art just ceased after this painting? Like, right? There was no more creativity. There was nothing more to offer the world because so we did it. Like, like, there's nothing more to do, right? Like, here, I'll put it. Where can I put it that you guys can see it? I'm... We don't need to see it anymore. But um, so imagine uh, that Edward Monk did this, and his his ego was so so high that he he assumed that this was it. Like we we don't need to do any more art because because I've done it, I've accomplished it, and that's it. Um, so I kind of um, came to a spot in my own faith walk where um, I thought that this was it. Right, like this this idea that I had of God, of Jesus, of, of what it means to follow Jesus, um, that I had achieved it. Right, like like what if I what if I had stopped? Like what if I had um, at that point said, "All right, I'm good." And and I came came to those places before where I thought that this was it. Right, I thought that there was nothing more to Jesus or to God or to Christianity or to faith than what I already knew. And at those moments, I felt like giving up Christianity because that was it. Like I, I achieved it. I've done it. I, it was all in here. I, I, don't, I don't need it anymore. And I could, I could stop following Jesus. Um, so that's the same idea. Like, and and I, I've come to those places in my life um, where uh, I thought my idea of God was it and I felt like it wasn't enough. Um, so when I was, I don't know, in preschool, four or five, um, I went to Warner Christian Academy. Now, my family didn't go to church. We weren't uh, Christians, um, but I went to this Christian preschool. And I remember um, going to chapel there, and we went into this room where I thought God lived. Okay, this was my theology as a four-year-old. Um, this was God's house, they told me. And, um, and there were doors off to the side, and I thought, oh, God must be in there because uh, he's not at, at home. <laughs> he must be in bed in one of those doors. Um, and so I, and so I remember also watching a cartoon, some sort of uh, cartoon, and I think it was Moses, um, and, and God spoke to Moses, and and the clouds in the cartoon like parted in such a way where where one beam of light shone on Moses, and it was like a spotlight, you know. Um, and so I thought, oh, that's where God talks to people is when there's a beam of light, you know, a spotlight. And I saw, and then I saw this happen, like in my four year old mind. Um, the clouds. And this morning, even I, I saw this. Did you see the sky this morning? There was like a weird cloud, and the sun was coming up, and it was like just spotlight. And I so so I, don't, I remember me and my family driving, and I was looking out the window because we didn't have iPhones and iPads back then. Um, 
<laughs> and I saw this. I saw the sun beaming like a beam of light. And I remember like saying to my parents, hey, look, that's where God is. Let's go talk to him or so, you know, something to that effect. <laughs> like, and so um, uh, since then, my, my faith has evolved and my theology is a little bit um, different. Um, my idea of God, of God's holiness, I, I learned about God being holy, and I learned that um, his holiness meant that sin could not be anywhere in his presence and that he was this kind of uptight, like, uh, get away from me, you're too gross kind of God. Uh, but then I learned about Jesus, um, who is God's fullness, who came and spent a lot of time with people who were sinners, people who were um, the least, the lost, the left out of society. Um, and so I thought maybe my idea of holiness maybe wasn't as on point as I thought it was. And so I had to renew my mind and think about, oh, so this kind of holiness is a lot different than that kind of holiness. Maybe the kind of holiness that Jesus is showing us is more like the kind of God that we should know who doesn't, doesn't hate us for our sin but loves us too much to let us stay in that sin to the point of a God who comes and dies for us um, to defeat sin, to defeat death, to defeat these things. Um, when I was in high school is when I came to know Jesus. I came to follow Jesus. Um, I was a, I would say, um, the word I would use is preppy, right? Like I shopped at um, The Gap, and, um, and structure was, was the thing now. I think it's expressed kind of turn. Um, so, so I was very big on um, brands and um, a certain look. And I thought, like, like, so this was my freshman year of high school, so I thought that I needed to project some sort of image to be able to fit in, right? To be able to be popular and to get invited to parties and um, to do all these things. And, um, but at the same time, I was um, invited by a friend to church. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't much of a, a, a church thing. It was teen night. And it was just like the church opened its building for teens to come hang out. And they had ping pong and a basketball hoop. And we just hung out and had fun. Um, but during that time, I met the youth minister and the guy that was inviting me to church kind of led me to rethink this Christianity thing. Because I had, I had, since I was four, my theology hadn't developed much. And, um, and I still thought, um, I thought that church was useless. I thought that um, why, why do those things? Like God doesn't really care. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why I thought those things. Um, and so my mind got renewed as I saw Jesus in these people, right? And in, in that youth minister and in, in these other kids um, who not only went to tea night, but went to church on Sunday and Wednesday and, and knew Jesus more than I did, um, had a better idea of, of who he was. And, and what Jesus did to me, I got baptized the end of my freshman year. Um, and, you know, I still didn't have it all together. I just, you, you don't know everything when you get baptized, right? You're just like, I like this guy. I love Jesus. I want to do this. Um, and so I did. And, um, and Jesus ruined my whole life. <laughs> um, he wrecked me. Um, and so, and so, so like my story is a little different than, than a lot of people's stories. They get saved out of like the rock and roll and the, and the mess of life. I got saved into rock and roll. So, so the preppiness um, went away. I started shopping at thrift stores and I was punk rock. Um, I had a mohawk. Um, so, so my salvation, my, my story kind of goes the opposite way of some people where they come out of the Mohawk and into like a nice, neat Christian life, right? Um, and so for me, if I go back to like the whole like caring about too much about my appearance and stuff, that's, 
that's death for me. Like, like that's what I was saved from and out of. Um, the need to be popular, the need for uh, acceptance and you know, something to prove. Um, so my story is a little bit different. Uh, and uh, like I got into a lot of Christian music, of punk rock Christian bands. And, and for me, like this was, this was all in the discovery time of when you get into music, you know, like you don't even know that this music exists. You're, like I was into New Kids on the Block and um, Boys to Men and, uh, you know, nice, neat pop music. Um, and then I found all this messy Christian rock and roll punk rock stuff. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I thought that that was only Christian music. Like, I thought that all punk rock was Christian. Um, so, like, it was a weird, like, uh, awakening for, for me, a whole renewing of my mind um, to, to find out that it wasn't. Um, so another renewing of my mind happened uh, when I was at this church um, Early on, in the first few years, we we took a trip to Mexico, um, and that totally wrecked me. This was this was one of those moments when I was in that place where I thought I had discovered the whole Christian thing. I thought I had it all figured out, um, and and that that's, this was all there was to it. So I go to Mexico expecting to be Jesus to somebody, right? Like like we go as a group to build a house. Um, and, and by the end of the week, we, we've built this house for this family and we, we give them a home, right? Like, like we're doing, we're teaching, like, like I thought I was, um, going to them to be Jesus to them, to, to show them what Jesus is like, like using my hands, using, uh, my skills, whatever, to, to give them love, to show them a, a tangible act of God's love. But, um, when I got there, they were Jesus to me, um, this poor family, um, a single mom, um, who went to work every day while we while we worked on the house, and the twelve year old girl watched the three year old girl, um, and they were happy, and they had nothing. I mean, they lived in a like a tarp, um, and so like these kids were happy with with the rocks they had for toys. And I thought, huh, <laughs> I went there expecting that to be Jesus to them, and they were Jesus to me. Um, but I was being Jesus to them, and they were being, it was just this whole Jesus thing. Like, it just expanded my idea of what Jesus was, like, multiplied it. And we were sitting on the roof of this house, shingling this house, and Matt Pinfold is sitting next to me, Seth Barner, Paul Faith, um, and we're sitting on this house after we, like, tarred the roof. Like, it was this old school, like, not just, like, nail shingles, it was tar, and, like, seal it and whatnot. Um, And we're sitting on this roof in Mexico, and we're looking out over the desert. Um, and Matt, Matt says, I feel like this is exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. And like, for me, that was like, huh, yeah, me too. You know, and I think we all kind of got that, um, that moment of we're, we're using like our hands and feet to serve these people, but they're, they're showing Jesus to us. And there's this whole like cycle of love happening, uh, just like the Trinity, right? Like, and, and just like what happens here as, as a body of Jesus. And so something happened in, in me on that trip where I discovered um, a whole another half of the gospel where I had believed like the, the gospel was to um, wash me of my sins so that I could go to heaven. Like that's what the gospel was. Um, that's why I became a Christian. That's what my theology was for a long time. And now there's this whole other realm of, oh, go to, you know, Matthew 25, like, as you have done to the least of these, you've done to me. Oh, I'm going to go be Jesus to them, and they're going to be Jesus to me. And so there's this whole, like, like renewing of the mind. Um, and then there was, 
March 6, 2011. You guys remember that? Um, I don't know if I've shared my story. It's been a while since I've shared my, my accident story, why I'm in a wheelchair. Um, and so it was March 6, 2011. What's today? Is it? It's like, it's April now. Um, so it's been, um, what, eight years? So I remember walking. I, so usually I'm out there teaching in the, in the anthem, right? I te- teach the teenagers every week. Um, and so we had like five kids at the time. So there's like five of us out there and, you know, we did the lesson and I remember like walking to my car, getting in, it's raining. And, uh, and it was one of those days where I drove by myself and my wife drove uh, by herself and the kids stayed at home with my mom. My mom was in town visiting. And, uh, and so we're on our way home. I get on 64 because we live out in Tomeno. And right after the Croker exit, somewhere in between the Croker exit and my exit, um, my car just started hydroplaning. So uh, my wheels aren't touching the road anymore. The, you know, the, like, like when you're, when you, what's the uh, thing when you, the skimboard, yeah, on the beach, yeah. Classic. See, I grew up uh, on the beach all the time. Okay, so uh, my favorite is watching people fall on skimboards. That's the best. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> isn't it fun? Like, you guys know. <laughs> um, so, so I'm skimboarding uh, on 64 in my car, which isn't ideal. Um, and, like, I realize, like, I can't. I'm trying to correct. I'm trying to, you know, but nothing's working. <laughs> so I curl up into a little ball, fetal position, and scream like a little girl. Like, and, and I remember all this. I never lost consciousness. Um, by the time I hit the median, my car's backwards. And so I go like down ditch. And um, so, so I make impact backwards, which, which I think is when I broke um, the vertebrae in my back. And so one of my vertebrae was uh, twisted 90 degrees. So my spinal cord was like that. Um, my car hits, flips end over end. I remember the glass breaking, the airbags going off. Um, so when I hit, I hit backwards and I hit a tree. So the A-frame like knocked into the, the driver's seat. Um, but by this time I had been knocked into the passenger seat, like laying down. Um, so luckily like that would have been bad. <laughs> um, so everything comes to a stop and the adrenaline rush hits and I try to climb out of the car. Um, I realize immediately I can't feel my legs. Um, I'm having trouble breathing cause I got broken ribs. Uh, no real, um, like I'm not bleeding. Like I had a cut here and a cut on my hand. And then, um, and then my wife comes to the window because she was a few cars behind me. So she was the first person I saw. Um, and like I remember it raining on me through the broken sunroof. I remember my radio was still on, the car was still on. So other drivers were jumping in the car, trying to turn the car off so it didn't like go more. Um, I was in a lot of pain. Worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Um, my daughter, you know, she's been having these migraines and she says her pain's a seven a lot. Um, and then like one time her pain was a 25. Um, I'm like, well, you're missing the scale here. Cause like, I, I, so what's a seven if it's 25? Okay. Um, so like even in that, that they were asking my pain, I was like a nine. I'm like, cause it could be worse, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, like, like if I ever felt a 10, like, I guess it could be worse. I don't know. Um, so, but I have a pretty high pain tolerance. And so I'm just sitting there in pain. I take the, the ambulance all the way to Richmond. Like they closed the doors and said, we'll meet you at Williamsburg Centera. Um, and, and then I said, I can't feel my legs. They're like, oh, this is a trauma. We need to go to Richmond because um, they have trauma. Um, and so everybody's like waiting for me at Williamsburg. You guys probably, 
Uh, my wife's at Williamsburg. Like everybody went there and they're like, where is he? Like, how come he's not here yet? What's going on? And finally, they got word that I'm in Richmond. So they drive me on Richmond on this bumpy ambulance um, on this hard, flat, rubber, like uh, plastic stretcher with a broken back. It's not, it wasn't comfortable at all. Um, and it, I, was, I was in so much pain that like, have you ever been to the ER and you hear the person like screaming in pain? I was that guy. Um, and, like, but I couldn't be quiet. Like you would think like when you're in so much pain, you just want to be still and not, I was just like, oh, like that's the noise I was making. Um, and so I'm in the ER and they couldn't give me pain meds because the, uh, the neurosurgeon needed to assess where my injury was. So I needed to be able to feel and tell him um, where I could feel and where I couldn't. Um, so it was a while. I guess he was playing golf or something. Uh, no, it was raining, so I don't know. Maybe it was in a movie. Uh, so, um, so I'm waiting in pain. They're sending me to x-rays and CAT scans and MRIs. And I remember being in the MRI that day in the worst pain of my life and, um, and all of a sudden feeling a, a sense of peace, a sense of calm and quiet, even though I know MRI machines are loud. Um, and I hear, like not audibly, but I, I get the message. Um, because I, I'm in a state where I don't know how I'm going to die. I don't know um, if, I'm, if my feelings are going to come back, if I'm going to ever walk again. But I, I know what's going on. They're not telling me much. Um, and so I'm just confused and asking God what's going on. Uh, and the Holy Spirit says, or I get the message, this is still going to be life, and it's going to be life to the full, like Jesus talked about in John 10. Um, and so like that, and, and I just can't explain. It's, it's that unspeakable peace, that that's peace beyond understanding that, that, I, that I received in that moment. The Holy Spirit gave that to me, um, which really didn't fit my theology at the time. You know, like, I didn't, like, what? You heard God speak to you? You know, what do you sound like? Um, so, but, the, but it happened to me. So what, what do you do with that? Um, so I, the, the next day I have surgery to correct my spine and get um, hardware that hold, held it in place until it healed. Um, I spent six, seven days in recovery after that surgery. Um, and then they transferred me to uh, physical therapy where I stayed for three, four weeks. Um, that's my, that's my, that, that was good. Like PT was good. Um, I, I compare it to the church because in the hospital and PT, you're surrounded by people who want to make you better, better, right? Like that's us. We're the church. Like if we're surrounded by each other, we want to make each other better. Um, in, in the hospital, everything was flat. Like, that's good for wheelchairs. Um, push a button, doors open. That's good for wheelchairs. Um, I was good in PT. Like, I, I, like my mind was good. Uh, I was in pain, but I was, I was working hard to, to, they were teaching me like the, the minimum that I needed to go home. And it, so when I got that, they sent me home. Um, I got home. The church had blessed me with a ramp on my house already. Like they, they built that ramp. Um, and I'm not usually on the end of receiving the blessings of being part of the body. I'm usually the one like trying to figure out how to help others. So that was, that was something new to me to kind of learn. Um, but but there, were, there were bumps to go through doors, right? Like uh, the little entryway. And um, there were doors in my house that were too skinny for me to fit through in a wheelchair. Some of the bathrooms. Um, it was just hard at home. It was, it was very difficult. And I was still healing, so I had this um, turtle shell thing, I called it, like a cast that held me. Um, and I had to be in that whenever I wasn't laying down. Um, and so, so I was tired, 
uh, for my body healing and, I, and, and I'm an introvert and so I go in circles in my head about um, why did this happen? God, why couldn't you stop this? Like if you could have stopped it, um, why didn't you? Like, like should I ask for healing? Because if I'm asking for healing, then, then why don't you just not let it happen in the first place? And so I'm asking all these questions and like you do, you're looking for purpose in the pain. Um, and I'm asking all, and, and I know just enough of the Bible to get myself in trouble, like to make it say what I want it to say. Um, and I'm just getting madder and madder at God. And I go into these deep spirals into depression um, where I'm just lost in my head and it just gets darker and darker and darker and it's bad. Uh, so as I was recovering, um, Fred made it a uh, priority to meet with me at least once a week to, to talk about it, like to get it out, to get it so I'm not just in my head. Um, and we talked about a lot of stuff. We read through the Psalms. We, you know, we prayed and we worshiped and we, um, and I, you know, I unloaded on him like I was unloading on God about how mad I was. Um, but we came up with this idea that I needed a, a trigger, you know, something to snap me out of it when I was going down those deep spirals, something to have before I get there, because when you're in there, it's hard to find something. And so uh, I, I needed some sort of thought, some sort of idea, some sort of uh, thing that I could turn to that would snap me out of it. And so, um, and this was a renewing of my mind too, because when um, what I came up with was the incarnation, right? The, the idea that um, God became man, right? God went from God up in heaven, all knowing, all powerful, to like, like intentionally and um, willingly crammed himself into a baby, right? Like, like all of God in this baby that can't feed himself, can't, uh, you know, bodily functions happen and you need somebody else to take care of you. Um, so, so God went from God to baby. And for me, like in this new world of disability that I had never, so, so I've got a new perspective now where God disabled himself for me, right? Like God to baby. I went from walking to not walking. That's a, that's a little bit of a disability. It's nothing compared to what God did for me. So there's this, this renewing of my mind. Uh, God disabled himself for me. Now, it was still hard. I still yelled, um, but that would snap me out of it. Like I, I remember going to Shepherd Center six months after my accident, after my body had healed, uh, to learn how to maneuver wheelchairs, to, do, um, to get up curbs when there wasn't a ramp, to, to go downstairs when there wasn't an elevator, to... To do all these, you guys have seen me go down the stairs sometimes. Like I lower myself down these stairs. I haven't done it for a while, but um, yeah, it scares people because it's loud. I can't help it, but like every step, step I come down, the, my casters hit. It's like ba boom, ba boom, ba boom. Um, and for me, it's just like wee, and I slide down, and everybody else is like, ah, he's falling. Um, and and so you know, I I've learned to do life in a wheelchair, and, and that was helpful. Going to Shepherd, um, I spent a few weeks there. Um, learning all these things. I did standing therapies where I got in leg braces that allowed me to lock uh, my knees and, and bear weight on my knees, um, uh, on my legs. And so I did a lot of things there that, that really helped. Um, and there was a chaplain there because I was still struggling in my mind. The physical things were coming along. I was figuring out life. I was okay um, with these things, but I still had these theological quandaries that I couldn't hurdle. Um, and I was telling this chaplain how mad I was and how um, things I said to God, like like what Job, you, you know, went through, and he he wouldn't curse God. You know, I I just went ahead and cursed God. <laughs> like, um, I I said some things, um, and God uh, God took it. And the chaplain, I remember telling him, 
you know, these, these thoughts. And he said, uh, if you need to yell at God, yell at God, you know, like, like he can take it. Um, it's better him than your wife or, you know, whoever. Um, and then he said, how do you think he feels about this? And I was just like a mess, like, <laughs> like he hates it too. I don't know. You know, like, um, and he does, right? Like he hates things that are broken. That's what, that's his, that's what he wants to do. He wants to fix everything that's broken by the reign of sin and death, right? By the fall, by the way we hurt ourselves and each other. Um, God is in the business of making new and making good out of bad. And so I, ha- I had trouble um, praying to be healed. Like, like that was one of my like, uh, I don't know if I should pray to be healed. Like I, I don't know why that was just a thing. And, and Fred, again, like we had this back and forth, like, I don't, you know, praying to be healed. Like if God wants to heal me, cool. I'm just not asking for it. I, I, what I'm asking for is just to be okay with, with this. Um, and, uh, you know, I use the text. Like I said, I know enough of the Bible to get myself in trouble. Um, you know, Paul, um, he's, he had the thorn in the flesh that he asked God to remove. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. So I used that. I was like, Fred, like he didn't remove Paul's thorn. Like, like he doesn't have to remove mine. I'm, I'm good. And Fred said, yeah, but he asked three times. Like, I've asked you three times to remove the thorn of my side, and you still haven't. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. And so I was like, oh, I guess i got to ask <laughs> three times. Um, and so what I found is that um, while I may not be cured, um, while the spinal cord injury is still, like I still don't have any feeling or movement below my belly button, um, I'm, I'm healed. I may not be cured, but I'm healed. Um, because I'm, I, he, he's made me whole, like, like he's filled me up. Like I still go back to that place sometimes, um, but, I, but I know how to get here. Like I know how to, um, that he's made me whole and he's renewed me and, and I'm okay. And he's making all things new, right? And there will be a day that I stand. And, and I have this perspective of now I, I see things differently, right? Like the disabled, God disabled himself for me. Um, this song that we sang earlier, did you, did you catch it? Like, um, my fear can't stand when I stand in your love. There's so much standing going on. Um, all these things. It's okay. It's all right. I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Um, the, first time, the first time I came back and I, and I preached after the uh, um, accident at the end of the sermon, we, we used to um, stand and sing. And I said, will you stand with me? And I was like, Maybe not with me, but will you stand? I'm just going to stay seated. Uh, and so I, I, I joke, and I'm sure it makes people uncomfortable, and I'm, I don't know. I wouldn't, like, like people say things, and, and, I, and, they, and they, don't, they don't get it, you know? And I'm okay with that. Like, like please don't be careful um, around me. Like, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Um, but, <laughs> but I think I hurt people's feelings. Like, like, I try to say the joke before anybody else can, so, so break the... Right, the thing like the like, and, and I don't know how to use language sometimes because, like, how do you like when you get somewhere? It's like, yeah, yeah I just walked in. Do, do I change all of my things to roll or push or like, like whatever? I, I don't know. Um, but I was looking at shoes one day, and somebody was telling me how comfortable these shoes were. Like the salesperson, I was like, I can't feel them anyway. They're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, that's fine. Like, it's, like don't 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 be upset. <laughs> um, so my mind has been renewed, um, whether I want, want it to or not, <laughs> sometimes. Like, sometimes I stumble up onto it. I'm like, yay, I found this. This is great, like when I went to Mexico. Um, and sometimes I get thrown into it, like, the, like my accident. 
Um, and it's and it's very hard. It's very difficult. Um, pain's a great teacher, um, and and I'm sure it's been that way for all of us, right? Like like we all have these stories of our minds being transformed in good ways and in painful ways. Um, so I'm, I just want to read some scripture. All right. So Romans eight. Uh, we'll start there. So this is just going to be a whole bunch of scripture, and you're just going to have to take it all in. You can, you can process it later. Just take it all in now. Um, so it's because of the, the incarnation that we got to the death, burial, and resurrection, that we got to the ascension, so that we could have the spirit. You get that? Like that's, that's vital. And that's something that I was missing early on in my theological framework was that um, my idea was that everything already happened, right? Like my salvation is secure. I'm going to go to heaven. All I got to do is wait and not sin. <laughs> I'll be all right. Um, but there's this Holy Spirit at work. And that Holy Spirit at work within us, God is working through us. Like we are his plan to fix everything. So like whenever you ask God, why does it got to be like this? He says, yeah. <laughs> go do, go do it. Go fix it. Like let's let's go. I'm with you. Like I'm already there ahead of you fixing it. All you got to do is join me. Um, and so uh, the title of my Bible app um, is Life Giving Spirit. So it's so the Spirit that gives life, right? The Spirit that is is in us. Um, if we're followers of Jesus, then um, we have this, and all we have to do is follow that um, and be renewed by that. Okay. Therefore. No condemnation now exists for those in Christ Jesus. Because the Spirit's law of life in Christ, Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do, since it was limited by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own Son in flesh like ours, under sin's domain, and as a sin offering, in order that the law's requirement would be accomplished and us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Some of us roll according to the Spirit. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> for those who live according to the flesh think about things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit about things of the Spirit. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. For the mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit itself to God's law for it is unable to do so. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God lives in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. All those led by God's spirit are God's sons, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children, and if children, also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, seeing that we suffer with him 
so that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. For the creation eagerly awaits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage of corruption into the glorious freedom of God's children. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. And not only that, but we ourselves who have the Spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Now in this hope we were saved, yet hope that is seen is not hope, because who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. In the same way, the Spirit also joins to help in our weakness, because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who stretches, who searches the hearts knows uh, the Spirit's mindset, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God those who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare his own Son, but offered him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or anguish or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written? Because You, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than victorious. Through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that not even death or life or angels or rulers, these present, things present or things to come, hostile powers, height or depth or any other created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, Last week was Easter. We proclaim victory. We have been set free. We are being made new. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for who you are, for how you love us, for this life that you've given us and invited us into to join you in making all things new and in fixing what is broken by the reign of sin and death. God, we thank you uh, for sending your son as a man who experienced this world and these pains and these uh, things that we go through, we thank you for his his life. God, we thank you for his willingness to be um, subject to the violence of this world and the systems uh, of power and to be put on a cross uh, for our sins, uh, to take our place for things that we might deserve. God, we thank you that it didn't end there, that there is resurrection, that there is life because there's victory, because he defeated death. So God, Uh, We thank you that death has been defeated. 
that we are victorious. God, may we continually renew our minds to see what you are doing all around us all the time, and may we join you there. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.